Well, thanks for having me uh, bring you God's word today. Let's, let's pray before we look at God's word together. Father, you are sovereign over all things and you rule over all things. We thank you um, that you have made uh, yourself known to us in, in ways that we can comprehend. We thank you for your word. Father, we, we thank you that you uh, work in both um, ordinary and extraordinary ways. Lord, we, we pray that um, you would work uh, in us today, that you would um, enliven our senses, that we would see and hear um, from you, um, but that your spirit would also be working in us, in our hearts, uh, to change us, uh, to, to grow us more uh, in awe of who you are and to be firm in our faith in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, spam emails. Spam emails are annoying, aren't they? Maybe not. Maybe some of you like receiving spam emails, especially the ones from the Nigerian prince. Have you ever received a spam email and thought to yourself, I don't remember subscribing to that? Or maybe you bought something from an online shop and you forgot to check that box that said, do not send me information about upcoming deals. Or even worse, you've signed up to some social network site or a rewards card service and you didn't see the fine print that said, I approve to send my information to third parties. And now you've got all this spam clogging up your inbox and you're getting random text messages on your phone and people are calling you. Sometimes you just don't know exactly what it is you're subscribing to, do you? Well, how about subscribing to Christianity? After you became a Christian, after you said yes to faith in Christ, after you received the offer of grace in Christ, the free gift of life with God through Christ's death and resurrection, have you ever thought to yourself, I don't remember subscribing to this? Maybe you haven't, but but then maybe again you have. Because if you've ever second-guessed whether you're a Christian, if you've ever felt that your faith has been a bit stagnant, if you've felt that you haven't been growing as a Christian lately, chances are you've, you might have inadvertently subscribed to something other than Christianity. Maybe you've been cheated. Maybe you've bought into something other than faith in Christ alone. Maybe you're in danger of believing or even teaching something that's false. And that's the trouble that our first century brothers and sisters found themselves in Colossae. Colossians 2.16 in your Bibles. Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ, verse 17. See, this first century church was experiencing some really wacky teaching. A teaching that involved rules and, and rituals and revelations. False humility and even angel worship, we're told, in verse 18. 
And the people subscribing to this sort of teaching, they were, they were accusing others of false faith. Are you even a real Christian? And real Christians submit to these rules. Real Christians do these rituals. Real Christians have special revelations. They were teaching a, a Christ plus kind of teaching. A teaching that says Christ is not enough. You need more. Teaching that sort of sounds like a mix of Judaism, Judaism and, and paganism or Greek religion. Real Christians observe special Jewish days. Real Christians purge themselves from material things so that they can have access to spiritual things. That's what this false humility and angel worship is about in verse 18. Deny the physical, deny the material, and you will arise into the spiritual. That's what they were teaching. And that's paganism. That's not Christianity. And Paul says to the Colossians in verse 16... Don't let them disqualify you. And in verse 18, uh, sorry, verse 16, don't let them judge you. And in verse 18, don't let them disqualify you or cheat you or fool you. And why is that? It's because those rules, don't eat this, don't drink that, observe the Jewish festivals, those things are being fulfilled in Christ. And those practices, the false humility and the worship of angels, you know, they, they look super spiritual. You know, they go into great detail about what they've seen, supernatural visions and encounters and whatnot, but they're, they're not spiritual at all. They might look ultra-holy, but those things are not founded in Christ. They're actually deceived. They're puffed up with idle notions. And they're actually driven by their bodily sinful desires. That's what unspiritual mind means in verse 18. Yes, they look super spiritual. Ironically, though, they're super unspiritual. They're so controlled by their bodily sinful desires and they're falsely humble. They're on about rules and rituals and revelations and and not about being in Christ. They're concerned about their own bodies, not about being in the body of Christ. And that's slavery. You know, I think today we can also buy into this kind of teaching. A teaching that's all about rules and and rituals. You know, when I was uh, a bit younger, I, I used to think that really mature Christians would get involved in lots of ministry around church. I measure my spiritual maturity by how much ministry I was doing at church, by how much money I was giving to various ministry ministries, by, by how much evangelism I was doing. That's how I'd measure my spiritual growth. I was concerned with rules and rituals. And not only that, when, when I'd receive compliments about my plans and all the things I was doing, you know, I'd give myself a pat on the back. I'm fulfilling all the spiritual measures I'd set for myself. So I thought, it's false humility. And to be honest, I felt enslaved to it. And not only did I set these irrational spiritual standards for myself, I irrationally thought that others had set the same spiritual standard for me. I felt that if I didn't do those things, I'd look unspiritual in the eyes of those who I thought were more spiritually mature than me. My leaders, my pastors, my mentors. And not only that, I set the same irrational spiritual standards on others. 
I sort of enslaved others. I made others think that real Christians would do the same rituals and rules that I was doing. I forgot what it meant to be in Christ. Have a look at verse 19. People who are on about rules and rituals have lost connection with the head, with Christ, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. See, I failed to recognize that I was already in the body of Christ. In Christ, I'm fully a part of the body. And in Christ, you are fully a part of the body. Being a Christian is about being in Christ. Being a Christian is about being in the body of Christ. And what what makes us in Christ is not rules and rituals. And you know what? If you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, then you are in the body. You already are in the body of Christ. And so let me ask you, what kind of rules and rituals are you buying into? What kind of false humility attracts you to slavery? Is it how much money you put uh, into the offering bowls? Do you measure your spiritual, mature, your, your spiritual growth by that? Is it how many times uh, you've attended church on Sunday this past month? Is it how much ministry you're doing at church? You know, being enslaved to rules and rituals doesn't always look like the experience that I just shared with you. It doesn't always look like harsh treatment of yourself. Enslavement to rules and rituals also looks like this. It's it's thinking, I've done enough for God this week. Or I've done my bit for church this week. It's the total opposite to treating yourself harshly. But it's still false humility and slavery. Yes, it's false humility because... It places the onus of spiritual maturity on who? Places it on you. On you and not on God. Rules and rituals don't make you any more or less spiritual or mature or a part of the body of Christ. It's God who has made you a part of the body of Christ. And it's God who grows his body. God is the one who grows us towards spiritual maturity. You're getting the whole body imagery here. Have a look again at Colossians 2.19. Christ is the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. See, a body can't grow without a head. And who is the head of this body? It's Christ himself. See, the body, us, you and me, we grow Because we're connected to Christ. We don't grow by enslaving our own physical bodies. We don't grow by following rules and rituals. No, we grow by being a part of Christ's body. And if you're a part of Christ's body, then spiritual growth is guaranteed. It's guaranteed because God causes it to grow. 
Do you want to grow spiritually? Be attached to the head. Be attached to Christ. Keep your head on. You know, you might be struggling with sin. Maybe it's maybe it's lust. You've gotten you thought you've gotten over it, but you know, you found your eyes straying again. Maybe it's anger. You've come home from a stressful day at work or or from study and your husband or your wife or your mum or dad they've misunderstood you about something and you release your bottled up stress on them. Maybe it's jealousy. You look at what someone else has, maybe it's their wealth. They have a nicer house than you, a nicer car than you, nicer clothes than you, go on more trips around the world than you. Maybe it's their status, that they have a better job than you or they've been noticed by others more than you. You're jealous and it's driven you to slander them and whenever you think about them, it just makes you boil up inside. What do you do when you've realized your sin? What do you do when you feel guilt and shame? You can feel like you're miles away from God. You can feel like your faith is stagnant. You can feel like you're spiritually dry. And can you make up for it by doing A, B, and C? Can you make up for it by doing rules and rituals? Sure, you can do rules and rituals. You can do as many things as you like. You, know, you can go to church more. You can read your Bible more. You can put more money into, into the offering bag. You, you can get involved in lots of ministry. And don't be mistaken, those things, they're not in, bad in and of themselves. But let me tell you if, you, if you do all those things, and if you're not trusting in Christ alone for your salvation, if you don't have Christ as your head, you won't grow. Friends, if you're feeling guilty for your sin, if you're feeling like you're miles away from God, if you feel spiritually dry, then sink your roots deep into Christ. Your solid rock and your foundation. Be nourished by Christ, your head, who purchased life for you through his blood. And don't fool yourself. You can't grow as a Christian by following rules and rituals. No, you, you hold fast to Christ, your head. And you will grow. You will grow with a growth that's from God. You will, you will grow as God the Spirit works in you. The, the Spirit who transforms you from one degree of glory to another into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are, we are, each and every one of us here today, we who hold on to Christ as our head, we are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ... We are grown by God as he works in us by the Spirit. And as the body of Christ, we have died to the elemental spiritual forces of the world. Verse 20. If with Christ you died to the elemental spiritual forces of the world, why, as if you're still alive in the world, do you submit to its rules? 
With Christ, you died to the elemental spiritual forces of the world. What's that talking about? What I think elemental spiritual forces means here is it's a teaching that you need to avoid material things to gain access to God. See, it was common for it was common during that time for people to think that way. They thought that there was a sharp distinction between uh, the physical, material world and the spiritual world. They're so distinct, in fact, that they thought that everything material and physical in this world was bad. Some even went further to say that it was evil. And that was the general Greek religious worldview back then. And the ultimate aim for us in life, they would say, is to escape from everything material and physical and to rise up to the divine. Basically, escape this world to be with God. Paul gives an example of, of this kind of teaching in verse 21. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, avoid physical things. And Paul says in verse 23 that such regulations or such teachings indeed have an appearance of wisdom with self-imposed worship, false humility and harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. In other words, this kind of teaching, this wisdom, it was well known back then and it looks super spiritual. You know, you need to deny all material things to be with God. That sounds pretty, pretty spiritual, pretty holy, doesn't it? But doing those things won't stop you from sinning. They won't make you any more spiritual. This kind of idea, I think it's strange in our, in our Western world and society today. You know, we live in a time and a place where, where any thought about spiritual things is ignored. I mean, no one talks about spiritual things in your, in your workplace or, or at school or at uni, do they? And people rarely talk about material things being bad. I mean, you might come across some people who tell you not to eat some kinds of foods, but they're not telling you to avoid, or rarely they're telling you to avoid them to be spiritual. And what I think we see in in Australia is people indulging in, in anything and everything that they can, don't we? Consumerism and materialism is life. You can tell by the, by the temples that people go to. What temples am I talking about? Well, there's almost one in every suburb. Uh, I'm talking about shopping centres. You know, the gods of our society, what Australians worship, it's inside these temples, material things, stuff. And the doctrine that they preach is that you need to have the latest and greatest stuff to be happy. Retail therapy is what some people call it. You, know, you need to have the latest toy, the latest gadget, the latest clothes. You need to have a better TV. 4K is better than HD. You need to have the latest car. You need to have a nicer house. You need to, drink, you need to eat better food and drink better coffee at a better, better cafe. There's a whole industry based around telling you exactly that. I mean, if you have Facebook, just have a look at the ads that are on Facebook. Who cares about spiritual things when material things, stuff, can make you happy? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not saying that we need to think of material things as evil or, or bad. 
Paul says himself in verse 22, these things are destined to perish with use. In other words, we have the freedom to consume and to use what God has made, the material things that God has made. Yes, everything that God has made, the material, physical world, is good. Uh, Genesis 1 repeats it over and over again, that that God looks at, at what he's made and he declares it good. Very good, in fact, as we read in, earlier in Genesis 1.31. We're free to enjoy the world that God has made. But there's a big difference between consume and use and consumerism. And the worshipping the good things that God has made. And so what's the solution? No, we're not, we're not to indulge ourselves in materialism to, to worship material things like almost every other Australian is. But, but we're not to think that material things are, are evil and bad. To deny the material things of this world. Our, our aim is not to escape and arise from the physical world to be with God. No, brothers and sisters, this is what you are to do. Verse 20. You are to remember that you died with Christ. You died with Christ. Yes, if you're part of the body, if you are in Christ, you died with Christ. You died to the worship of material things. You died to the doctrine of you need to have the latest and greatest stuff to be happy. No, Christ is your head and, and he's freed you from slavery to the Joneses. You don't need to keep up with the Joneses anymore. You, know, you don't need to keep comparing yourself with your neighbour. That's slavery. If you died with Christ to the worship of material things, why, as though you still belong to the God of consumerism, Do you submit to its rules? If you died with Christ to endlessly comparing yourself with the person next to you, why do you enslave yourself to envy? If you died with Christ to having to own the latest and greatest thing, why do you submit to these rules? You need a newer phone, you need a newer TV. You need newer clothes, you need newer shoes, you need a newer car, you need a nicer house. No, friends, that's not who we are in Christ anymore. But we can't pretend that consumerism doesn't affect us. Uh, I mean, we, we're bombarded with it every day. We, we live in it every day. And we can't ignore the fact that we're tempted by consumerism. And that we ourselves struggle with it. I mean, I struggle with it. And I'm supposing that you might as well. Friends, ignoring our temptation and struggle with sin, do you know what that will lead to? It will lead to false humility. Covering up your temptation and struggle with sin and pretending that you're all fine, that's false humility. And you know what? It's, that is what will lead you to feeling stagnant in your faith. That will lead you to feel like you're not growing. 
It'll lead you to that because when you ignore, when you, when you try to cover up your temptation and struggle with sin, you're ignoring Christ. You're ignoring the very foundation of your faith, Christ Jesus. You're ignoring the forgiveness that Christ purchased for you by his blood shed on the cross. Do you know what? Do you know what true humility is? True humility is admitting your temptation and your struggle with sin. It's receiving God's forgiveness in Christ. It's letting God work in you by His Spirit to radically change the way that you're living. That, friends, is how you will grow in Christ. We don't grow by ignoring our struggle with sin. Now we grow by letting God grow us in Christ. Are you prepared for Him to do that? To radically grow you? Are you feeling stagnant in your faith? Do you feel like you haven't been growing as a Christian recently? Have you been wondering whether you're in Christ? Brothers and sisters, if you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, you are in Christ. And so stay connected to Him. You are the body of Christ, grown by God, freed from the elemental spirits of the world. You died with Christ, freed from slavery to sin. So stay in Him. Stay in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have made us your people in Christ. Thank you that you grow us in Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us to stay connected to him as our head. Help us, Father, when we feel like we're stagnant in our faith or that we're not growing help us to stick to Christ and and to have him as our solid rock and a foundation we pray these things in Jesus name Amen